Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member, where I chat to Disney cast members from all walks of life and, of course, all walks of magic. For today's episode, Sophie and I will be chatting with Gary, who sprinkled his pixie dust at Disney's Magic Kingdom, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and Disney's Epcot. Hi, Gary. Hi, how are you? Not bad. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks Amazing. for having me. No, of course. We're super excited. And we just found out that you're a, you're like a, like you said, I'm going to use your words. I'm not saying you're an old timer, but you're an old timer back at Epcot <laughs> uh, as well. So we've got, we've got a complete contrast of programs here, which is super exciting. But um, yeah, Soph, I don't know if you want to say something before we start. Um, obviously, we just want to share small shops as much as we can. And we have been doing all through December. And we want to keep that going. So anyone that comes on this podcast, it's a small business owner. We want to give them a chance to tell you all about their business. So you are the owner of practically perfect pieces is that right that's, that's right yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about your small business sure yeah well i run it alongside with my girlfriend um yaz who has done other podcasts and things as well um some people might know her uh, but um <laughs> yeah so basically at the start of lockdown well just before lockdown actually uh, yaz was wanting a way to display her ears so we'll i was I got myself a 3D printer and decided to design a ear hanger to go on the wall. And rather than using nails and things, we used 3M command strips so it don't damage the walls or anything like that. Yeah. She posted the picture and candidates took off and people wanted to buy them. So I was like, let's open an Etsy shop. Things kind of exploded from there. We've had over 3,000 sales, I believe. Wow. The ear hangers. Um, and we've expanded into embroidery and uh, a few little things as well. And we'd actually just released some housing patches. I saw uh, that. Yeah. For the Disney housing as well, yeah. So Amazing. cool. It's, it's, it's so nice to like know that something that started as a personal thing that you wanted to create, which is pretty similar to the program itself. Like we all have a passion for the Disney parks and the Disney company. And we say, you know what, why not work there? And the same with you, you mm-hmm. thought, okay, let's make this crazy thing for myself because it's, it's something so simple yet so... Um, so like great at the same time and then to actually get three thousand over three thousand sales that yeah, is it's, it's, it is ridiculous like i can i say these words and things but until i actually think about it i'm like we we started less than a year ago how yeah. like it is quite crazy but i mean it's good so definitely yeah. amazing so we'll yeah definitely tag you we'll tag your shop and we'll leave a little bio about it in our instagram so everyone can check it out for you awesome thank you 100 but yeah let's get into this episode so um gary you've done three programs let's um start with your um we'll start we'll start back in 2011 um just so okay. we can work chronologically with this so what was your um initial inspiration for applying for the crp back then um well I first started visiting Walt Disney World when I was 10 year old and Canada's got hooked straight away. Like me and my family would visit every other year or so. And as I got older, um, I started taking like solo trips or there's trips with friends and going like once a year, a couple of times I was going twice a year. Um, and I was wanted, I was like, I, I want to work here. And I eventually found out about the Disney National programs. And I was like, oh, I want this. So I base obviously applied um, and I actually got rejected two times. And no I, don't, I, I don't know how it is now, but for CRP at least, but back then they only did took one load of applications a year. So I had to wait like two years uh, of applications wow. before I even got an interview. That's crazy. So that was quite, uh, quite stretched out a little bit. Twice, 
think it's twice a year now they do it. it seems to always kind of be January August time but mm-hmm. obviously back then if that was only once that's a big jump to have to wait it is yeah definitely and and so and so you obviously ended up getting on the program which is amazing um I mean I'm sure when you when you heard that you'd gone got on the program after all this time going to the parks and loving loving your time there on vacation but also after applying a couple of times and getting rejected I I can imagine it just was the best feeling ever right yeah it was intense and I can like vividly imagine exactly where I was when I got the email because I was actually on holiday at Disney and no I was, way. I was uh, in Magic Kingdom uh, right in front of Space Mountain. That's crazy. Yeah. What a place to be, right? Like, that so, is yeah, the I, best feeling. At the time, I was just like, oh, I've got it. And it didn't really sink in. And I didn't think I would have remembered that, but obviously I did. So. Yeah. Did, did you? I have to ask, because I think if that happened to me, I'd have to just go and scout the UK pavilion straight away. I'd be like, okay, what's everyone wearing? What are they doing? <laughs> like, did you, is pretty, that something you pretty did? Much, pretty much what I did, yeah. Amazing. What was it like then being in the pavilion? Obviously, it must be a bit different from what we've been in there. Like now, obviously, it's changed over the years. But for you, how could you sum up your experience on the CRP? It was honestly the, the one of the best times of my life. Like I know, like the obviously we'll talk about different roles that I've done yeah. after that. Um, but nothing can compare to the first time working there whether it's that or probably something completely different and i'm sure other people can attest to that if they've done multiple positions that the first time working there is just i don't know it just has something magical about it that sticks with you even if you hated the job at the time there's there's something that's that always brings you back and you know what that's the thing like at the end of the day that like it's not as much as every day is magical i'm not not saying that it is you're going to have your bad days. Like it's a, it is a job yeah. at the end of the day, oh, but, yeah. but reminding yourself that you are working at Disney world, like how long you've waited to get here, that definitely helps shake those blues um, away. But obviously you then moved uh, that years went by and then you all <laughs> of a sudden decide to go back on a summer program. So what was, what was the, what, what was that spark inside of you said, I'm going to do this. Well, actually after I did the first CRP, well, again, things changed quite a lot. Back then, it was a one-time thing. A one-time thing. Yeah. Quotations. Um, people did it multiple times. So it was just look at the drawer, I guess. I did apply to go back a couple of times once I got home, but never actually got anywhere with it. So I kind of just moved on with ventures and was like, I'll tr- do something different. Um, I was a late learner in life, so I went back to university a, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm in uni. I can apply for the uh, international college program. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I was like, 100%. Let's, let's, let's just do it. And luckily enough, yeah, I got in uh, both times. So when you applied, did you have a certain role in mind or were you quite open to doing any role? Well, when I went for it, I was kind of um, wanting like, character performer character attendant and when I got to the final interviews for the first time they took measurements and everything they was like oh perfect height just what we're looking for at the minute and I was like oh okay cool never got it crazy which which is strange because the way that they kept talking and things about it it sounded as though they was going to 
put me into the performer role. Yeah. But obviously didn't, which I'm, I can't complain about because I got an amazing role anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, so tell us about the role that you ended up um, getting into. So the first uh, college program that I went on in 2018, I ended up being a butler at the Haunted Mansion. Like, that is insane. Is, yeah, it was a complete dream come true. Like, that is like, that, I think as a CRP, and you probably felt this as well, like obviously being in the UK feeling is great, but you do wish that you could branch out a bit and go and work in other parks and other locations. Um, but to work in, work at the Haunted Mansion is just like next level dreamy. Like that is, really that is where was, you want to yeah. be. Um, but tell us a bit about the role. So what would your like day-to-day um role at the haunted mansion be like um there was quite a lot of positions that we could fill uh most of the time we'd be working closing shifts so we'd be there sometimes until like three o'clock in the morning yeah uh, which can get a bit late especially when the parks are quite empty as well and you just stood there doing nothing which seems strange but that's what happened oh yeah sometimes i had literally like one person when I was taking them in through the stretch room, which was Mad. great for them. They had a great experience. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I think I tallied up before. There's about 17 different positions. Wow. All together from like end of line greeter to greeter, fast pass entry. Right. Uh, entry hall, stretch room, so on and so forth. There's like so many different positions and what, we could go through. What were your favorite positions to work on in the attraction? Probably definitely entry and stretch. Yeah. Just because you get to have like more fun with that. It's not yeah. as safety critical as the as if you was loading or unloading. Um obviously everything's timed to the audio tracks in there. So we did have to kind of move along. And if we were running behind, we had to like hurry up. There was actually one time that someone went into the mansion and didn't actually want to go through. We have like a, an exit route that they can go out of. So I let's just go down that hallway there. You'll get outside. And because the hallway seemed as well, I was like, I'm not going down there on my own. <laughs> so they wouldn't, go they wouldn't go through. But at the same time, everyone was inside the stretch room. And I was like, look, let's go. So I kind of had to walk them halfway down. And I ran back to the stretch and everything, everything's automated and the doors just closed in front of my face. Like, oh no, but everything is no. okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like it's quite an automated situation, isn't it? I guess that like once, once everything's going ahead, the next thing that's going to happen is the main door's going to open and, and people are going to walk through onto the like the, the like buggies at the, at the end of the day, but still that is, <laughs> so would, so you'd only, so would you be by yourself at that point? Then there's only one person in control of that situation in the stretch room. It's, it depends. Some days if we had, uh, quite a lot of cast members working that day. We'd have one person opening the entrance doors and then another person in stretch room. So one person getting the people in, closing the doors, and another person taking them in through mm -hmm. the stretch. Um, most of the time, though, it was just one person running each stretch. So there'd be one person... I'll spoil the magic or anything. <laughs> There's two different stretch rooms. Um and one cast member would work each one and they alternate. Wow. So wow. once the stretch room's empty, the entrance doors would open, they'd go back, open the main doors, let guests in, um, obviously take them into the stretch and it kind of alternates back and forth 
like that. So yeah, usually it is only one person doing it. It's quite a lot. And you've got to keep an eye on uh, the loading dock as well, because we have like a little camera and screen where we could see how busy it is. Because if the ride has stopped for a wheelchair or for of some unknown reason. And it does that, stop a lot, let's be does. real. Like, yeah. like you're, you're it, more than likely to stop more than once on that it, attraction. It, it definitely does. Um, but yeah, we have to keep an eye on that because if that got backlogged, we couldn't send more people through. No. We used many, many times that it looked clear, but once we sent people through, the doors opened. And because the other stretch had been sent in as well, that filled it up and was like, okay, these guests have got to stand in the stretch room as it shrinks and <laughs> goes back now, which kind of spoiling the magic. But... So when, obviously, with being at the Haunted Mansion, it's such an iconic ride. The costume's iconic. How did you feel when you got to put that costume on for the first oh, time? It was... Honestly, like, I... I don't know. I can't even describe how it, how it feels kind of thing. You just walk through, obviously, in the Magic Kingdom, there's all the utility doors underneath the park and things like that. And you walk through and... If you're in costume, you just feel as though you're like president of Walt Disney World because it just feels like everyone's <laughs> yeah. staring at you, going, "Like it's the it's the mansion people." Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's so cool. With working at the mansion, um, I have a best friend who worked at the mansion the year before, 2017, and she had to also do the parade route and do like pack for the parade. Did you also have to do that? Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we got to do it before they changed because I think afterwards they changed it. Uh, obviously before everything that's happening now as well uh, they changed it so that it wasn't set areas because obviously our area was on the parade route so the mansion guys would take that corner of liberty square of the parade route but now they kind of get people from everywhere so there's people from like from uh, frontierland and adventureland coming in to do the parade route, which doesn't make sense to me it kind of that crossover yeah because like, i i'm actually you all know this because you worked in the uk pav but obviously when it comes to world showcase you can only go to like two countries past yours or like a country yeah. past your own to not yeah. to not break the magic yeah so luckily we got to do that which was just mansion and it it gets very very hot that material that the mansion costumes are made of is not breathable at all <laughs> after the parade even though it was only out there for like an hour an hour and 15 minutes or so i would come back completely drenched having to s swap out for another shirt or just have time to dry off or something but it was unbelievably hot i mean some people hated that some people hated doing pack i loved it yeah the fact that you could just get interact with people and you um, get to see the parade, like, come yeah. on. Yeah, we get to, what again, quote, quote, air quotes, watch the parade. Yeah. <laughs> meant to watch the parade. But obviously, you've got to turn around to make sure that no one's running out into the parade. Of course, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, uh, oh, go on. Well, that's the most magical job in the world. Like, could you imagine we're all sat here in the UK just now? Your job was being paid to wear the coolest costume, work on one of the coolest rides, and watch the parade every day. Like, come that on, that is magical. That is summer of a it lifetime. Was, it was so amazing. Literally, like, I would love to go back. I I have to ask as well. Would you say in costume? Uh, would you stay in costume? Would you stay in character? Um, when you were doing the parade as well, would you still be in like your mansion, like? frame of mind or do, or does that the character break at the point where you are in parade 
Not as much so, no. Like, it depends on the person that you're talking to. Um, But most of the time, we'll just be in regular cast member mode. Uh, Because obviously, you've kind of got to, if people are climbing up on walls, you've got to. It's safety critical, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But I would stay in character as much as I could in the mansion. A lot of people that worked there were just like, yeah, in you come, do this. I I was like in the zone. Amazing. I, I loved it. Is there is there like a rehearsal process with that, or do you do they just say be scary, be mean, be like be harsh with people because that is what your character is? Um, strangely enough, there's not really any kind of script or anything. We obviously got trained, and we kind of just follow the trainers and took things from them, and then kind of ad libbed it as we went. Obviously, you've got to bear in mind to there's certain things that you can't say because some people might take it the wrong way or it it might become a, come across as offensive or it, little things like that. And you can't scare people as in like a proper a scare, scare actor. Yeah. Yeah. You can't jump out and scream in people's faces and things like that. Um, I think the most, the closest to that, that I've come was in the stretch room, obviously uh, when it all goes pitch black, if you if you kind of get to know the room and how many steps across it is and things like that, you can visualize how far somebody is like ahead in front of you. Right. When it goes dark, you're like, okay, one, two, three steps. Once the light comes on, you're inches away from your face. <laughs> Don't say anything. You haven't scared them. You're just stood there. They just freak out. And 90% of the time, they, well, probably 95% of the time, they love it. They yeah. scream, but they laugh. The odd few times people mm, are a bit iffy about it. So you, you, you can definitely pick just by looking though, who's up for a laugh and yeah. who's not. If there's someone that looks absolutely terrified, obviously not. Yeah. But other people that come in looking scared, but obviously trying to provoke you and things like, are they are they gonna scare me? You're like, okay, they can they can play around a little bit more. Yeah. Well, obviously you had such an amazing summer. Was that the reason you wanted to go back and do a second summer program? Yeah, definitely was. Yeah. And the fact that I'd probably never get the chance to do it again. So mm-hmm. definitely. So when you applied, did you have a role in mind? Did you say again, you were happy to do anything? Um, yeah, I think the, I think, well, when I applied a second time, they did try to push lifeguarding on me a little bit, um, which I was didn't really want to do so I straight up said I was like honestly I'd prefer not to do that mm-hmm. uh, which I thought might like lower my chances and things by saying I don't want to do something yeah um but lifeguarding but... is such a safety critical critical role I understand attractions and lifeguarding you're the two ones that get obviously drugs tested when you arrived like you'll have had to do that as well like when yeah. you arrive at Disney property obviously Bradley like on a CRP that doesn't happen nah. but you have to mm. go like pee in a cup don't, don't, like, i didn't show up high or anything but i just no. <laughs> <laughs> but like um, it's something you don't experience if you're in attractions or lifeguarding so i think disney i don't think they could actually like say you know i don't think it could lessen your chances because they want people that want to do that role because it's so safety critical that's true yeah definitely but yeah so obviously when you did it you got attractions again yeah yeah uh, so i got attractions again and there was a part of me that when I did the final interview, I was going to ask, I was like, is there any chance that I could, if spoke to my old leadership, if they could put me back in the mansion? But I was like, no, it's a completely different program. It's 
completely different people. Let's do it afresh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not do the same thing because it's not going to be the same. They're not going to be the same people working there. Leadership's changed changes so fast anyway. So it's going to be completely different. So I was like, this, I'll just take whatever they give me. And again, yeah, I got attractions and I was like, okay, cool. This is this is still in the same kind of zone. So it could be something really, really good. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, Hollywood Studios. And I was like, I know there's not many places in Hollywood Studios for attractions. And Fantasmic's classed as an attraction. Yeah. Um, and there was there's like Muppet Vision 3D and things like that. I was like, okay, so we'll see. It could still be good. And um, when I got the email with the actual location, it was like Park Rita. I was like, I didn't know how to take it. I was... I was happy and ecstatic that I was like, okay, I'm going to work here. This is where I'm going to go. Yeah. I was like, afterwards, I was like, I don't, is, is that good? I'm not sure. I think this mansion is such a like iconic location, like in every Disney park around the world. Like yeah. it, I can imagine it's, it seems to be a similar feeling when um, a customer that we have on the show gets a resort. And that initial thing is like, I'm not going to be in the park. Like, I guess it was a similar feeling that like, okay, I, I was, working myself up for like you've obviously got tower of terror rock and roller coaster galaxy's edge toy story <laughs> land like it's the park for attractions now so i guess there was it was almost an anticlimax right it it kind of was in a way yeah like i said when i first saw the email i was like over the moon just because i yeah. found out where i was going but then like an hour or so later i was like i'm not sure this is this is either going to be really good or really bad because I've not heard too much about it. There's not many people that get Park Greeter. Not that I've seen, at least, anyway. I think we've only had one on one, the podcast, yeah. yeah. And they were Epcot Park Greeter. Hmm. So, I mean, all in all, it was good. That job, though, is very, very intense with how, uh, how much you have to keep your eye on things. You can't take your eye off anything. If anything, that's probably more safety critical in a way of, letting people in the park yeah, for free of course. Um, mm. than anything else like from a mansion or anything like that. So yeah, it's quite intense. That's something I've uh, never really thought of before because uh, like if you go to Disneyland, I don't know if you've been to Disneyland in California, but like mm. the turnstiles to get into the park, they are, it's a physical turnstile that like they have at Universal. Yeah. But then for Disney World, obviously I love how open it is and how like it feels magical because you don't have to go through like a physical barrier to get into the park it's like as soon as you're like you've gone through security you're in the park like the, even the, the park greet the park greeting is a part of the park ultimately but yeah I, like were there ever times where you were worried that you might have let someone in like by accident or like because because you're only one person at the end of the day like yeah. the mistakes happen in any job but obviously this is a pretty huge mistake to make if it does happen oh yeah definitely was um there was times when we used to get people that would try it on. Really? Um, especially big, they take big groups, like 15 kids and six adults or something like that. And they'd come up and obviously the kids wouldn't stay in one place. They'd all be yeah. wandering around. So the adults would go up, scan a certain amount of tickets, put, use this their finger rather than the kids because it's easier. They'd scan like 12 tickets for 15 people and be like, okay, let's go. And like, so you had to kind of, calculate and be like there's more people here than the amount yeah, of tickets yeah. and and you do you second question yourself as well you're like did i count wrong or did they do so then you have to take yeah. their tickets and then 
if you're unsure, you have to get some someone from guest relations to come over because obviously once the tickets are scanned, you can't scan them again on um, the uh, machines that are at the front. Of course. Because they just show up as already scanned. So to get somebody over, they do that. Uh, but yeah, it's quite intense. And uh, leadership, keep an eye on everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of things where people are being called into offices uh, because someone had, ex- again, done that exact same thing and let somebody through without scanning their ticket. Maybe it'd be a child or anything. But the one thing that is scary about that is there's no points. Um, you uh, you go straight to... Uh, Reprimands. Rep- yeah. But I think at the same time, it's good that they check because not everybody is what they seem. And, you know, even working mm. for Disney, I'm sure there are people that will go and abuse their positions. Oh, so definitely. That's yeah. great that they do check. But on a good point, being part of Greeter, that used to be one of my dream jobs. Um, I remember the boy that we spoke to as part of Greeter in Epcot, I used to say to him, oh, my God, that is, like, something I would love to do. Because, obviously, on the flip side that you just said, it's safety critical, but also you're the first person they see when they get to the park and the last person they see. Like, you must see people when, you know, at the end of the day, but, oh, how was your day? Like, oh, it's yeah, such yeah. a cool thing. Yeah, there was many times, especially with, like, other college program people they're coming in like hi and then as they're leaving like say bye to them but in the same like spirit we was the first people working at the park and then the last people to leave the park as very well. true <laughs> very. we was there like two two hours before an hour and a half before park actually opened wow. uh until the last person left so there was times so, where was that like long long hours then at Hollywood Studios in comparison to Magic Kingdom then? Yeah, it's I'm trying to think. Uh, when they had like the um, after hours events, which I think they only ran till twelve, so probably about one o'clock there. But if somebody was dining at like Sci-Fi uh, drive-in, yeah, dining, um, and they was taking a long time for the meal, we literally had to just wait and wait and wait. As you know, with working. Uh, Rose and Crown. You just yeah. have to wait and wait and wait, and nobody else is in the park. So where um, there's one position that is the most boring because nobody else is there is right in front of the uh, Chinese theater in like the big open space. You just have to stand there with a the radio, just uh, waiting for notification that the guests are on the way out. Wow! So you kind of just stood there for like an hour on your own, and it. It did drag. I'm not going to lie. Drags. I, I mean, had I, to do that I, at Epcot at Breeze. So for Epcot, they put people, and um, I worked in Future Worlds, and where character spot is, they put a cast member from the land side there, and they have to stand alone with the radio and wait for the last guest to come out of, what's it called, Coral Reef? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you're totally alone. You're literally standing there like, someone talk to me. <laughs> I guess, I guess they're like, is the sentiment there that there at first though because I can imagine like being in like an empty park with the Chinese theater behind you like Hollywood Studios around you the first day you're like this is cool and then like the seventh shift in you're like absolutely not like, <laughs> this is not what I want I think what made it worse as well because you're stood there all on your lonesome and then you'd see people from Fantasmic finish their shift walking away going hi bye have a good night yeah then like Tower of Terror people and then every- so everyone like all the rest of the cast are leaving and you're like Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stuck here for a while. 
But when you finish the shift at the end of the night, I suppose you'll have had an empty bus home then. At least you'll have got a seat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But at the same time, I was wanting to pass out by that point. So <laughs> I could have slept anywhere. So I could have slept standing up at that point. I, I guess it was um, just to wrap up with the position side of things. Obviously, Hollywood Studios, like I mentioned earlier, is now probably the most popular park on Disney property um, mm-hmm. because of Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land, Mickey and Minnie's yeah. Runaway Railway, whatever it's Runaway called. Um, and like, like, did you find that that was also a very, the, the role probably had more high pressure than it had previous to 2019 because of Galaxy's Edge opening? I don't, I find not so much when I was there because I was there just before the opening of Galaxy's Edge. Right. Um, but afterwards, yeah, the hours changed tremendously. Uh, obviously, getting there, I think people were starting shifts at like two or three o'clock in the morning wow. or something, which is ridiculous. So I'm glad that I wasn't there for that. Yeah. But on the plus side, uh, we was, well, our crew from uh, Hollywood Studios was one of the first people ever inside of Galaxy's Edge. Wow. We had a cast uh, preview event for Disney's Hollywood Studios only, so no other cast could go. And we got taken in, given time shot time slots by leadership. That's so crazy. we was uh, taken in when it was still actually being worked on, which no was way. cool to see because there was yeah. like fin- parts that was unfinished and not painted and things like that. So that was really, really cool to see. Um, that was like for the first one. Then we had a unannounced cast preview, which I just saw someone post on I can't, online somewhere. I can't remember where. And I was like, wait, what? So I literally just got the next bus to Hollywood Studios and wandered in. And I think before it actually opened, which was probably, if well, about a month before I managed to get on Smuggler's Run about, I tallied it up 23 times. Wow. <laughs> which was amazing. That is crazy. It's the thing, so was, little things like that being a cast member, I think that oh, really, yeah. that like obviously the job in itself is incredible, but little perks like that, just, uh, I mean, like a 25% discount card in your normal job at home doesn't cut it, does it? When you, <laughs> yeah. you get to go and smuggle really. around 23 times. No. Don't get me wrong, for any future jobs I have, I would still appreciate the discount. But let's talk about housing um, mm-hmm. briefly, because obviously I always say RIP Disney housing, gone but never forgotten, um, saddest times. But was it weird going from, firstly, tell us, uh, f- tell us what housing complexes you lived in, but also um, was it weird being in there in 2011 and almost like, I mean, it must have just been like a time warp going then in 2018 seven years later it, it wow. really really was yeah um, for my first program i was at patterson court nice um so then we're bougie side because that had yeah. only just opened was that in 2008 or something, something like that it was pretty much yeah pretty much brand new um so that was really nice again the only downside is you don't have a bus stop so you've got to walk from chatham, chatham. Yeah. yeah um for the next for the second program i was in chatham um and then for the final program i was in vista Vista. so we're, we're, we're vistas, <laughs> vistas kids <laughs> and, uh, and what's we... your favorite out of the three? Oh. <sighs> that's a difficult one 
Just he because. feels obliged to not say Vista now because. <laughs> no, no, I live in Chatham as well. And actually, Chatham is, I think Chatham's the prettiest, actually. And the pool area is my favorite. I know Patterson's like really clean cut and stuff, but I think mm. Chatham's like really popular. From when I was there and it was brand new, Patterson was really, really nice. I don't know if it changed any of the years or anything like that. Chatham was, for me, was kind of the like, in between kind of thing and we personally chose vista as our first choice for the last program just because when we was at chatham we spent so much time after work going to wendy's going out for food going out to buy things last minute and was like everything is right there if we yeah. stay at vista so we can go home and just walk around like two minutes and you're there rather than having to get a bus there get stuff wait for a bus back and that's like another hour of course so yeah that's the reason we went for that but that's got the bonuses there but yeah i'm not too sure if if i was at patterson like around the same time so i could compare them a bit better yeah yeah i think if you were patterson and you had a car you'd be jamming oh yeah oh yeah 100 yeah. <laughs> i'd love that mm. Um, obviously you've had three amazing programs so i'm sure you'll have lots of guest experiences but what is your standout guest experience oh this is the point where i just go completely silent with (laughs) (laughs) this is where it goes none i'm never going to disney ever again (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. i think it probably would have to be in the mansion just just there's not one specific guest experience, but as we were speaking about earlier with the um, character side to the mansion and just being able to interact with guests that come in. And again, you can read how they want to be scared kind yeah. of thing. And so many people just absolutely loved it. And um, there was cast members come in and I got a few four keys. Um oh from it as well so that was really nice that other cast members coming in and appreciating yeah the performance if you will um yeah so it's very very difficult to pick just like one thing but do you know what though i don't think it necessarily always has to come down to one thing especially over three like over three programs that's like uh-huh. that's that's almost two years or well, like a year and a half like nearly two mm-hmm. years you've done done in the parks and like it is I, I feel like every day brings amazing guest experiences, but as long as you're in the mentality of like, I'm here to give people the same experience that um, that I would want coming as a mm-hmm. guest in the park, you're just, your day is going to be full of those, those memories. Yeah. yeah, definitely right, yeah. Love that. Well, obviously, again, it's probably a hard one because you've had three <laughs> programs, but do you have a standout moment for you, like a highlight of your programs? Um. I think probably the biggest highlight when as I finally got onto a program mm-hmm. as I was talking about again before that moment that I received the email to say that I'm going to be working at Disney World it's something that has stick with me forever yeah kind love of that and obviously and, it stuck with you forever and you kept going back yeah so the, f- the first as well so first time at Disney University first time going in the utility doors yeah it, it just felt like home once I got back. So I was walking around, I was like, it's so long ago that I've done things, yet I'm glad to, to be back. Do you know what as well? Like, I think right now we, 
of Sophie was, I don't know if you know, but Sophie was supposed to go out on a programme, a second CRP um, in August, July uh, last year and it got cancelled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And like, we all have these these inner debates all the time. Like, should we go on another programme? And then obviously you can set yourself up to go on another programme and things go wrong and you don't get to go. But like hearing that there was a seven year gap in between yours, I think will give everyone the faith that we need right now that it's never too late firstly and also there's always the opportunity to go back if you want to go and relive the magic there's always there's always going to be an opening whether that is on vacation or on as a cast member there is going to be an opportunity but never stop giving up on the dream of going back if that's what you want to do because like you said you went back seven years later and it still felt like home yeah and you're not definitely like, you're not old at all like by me saying this you're not old at all <laughs> no, no, no 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 <laughs> what age you are like the pavilion especially we can say there was such a mix of ages on our pavilion yeah yeah on our program and which is amazing like everybody out there is just the same age you feel like you're all the same age as everybody because you don't look at you don't go oh i'm gonna hang out with them because they're 24 i won't hang out with them they're 30 (laughs) it doesn't work like that everybody's just everybody's friends so no matter how old you are you can still go and do that magic no it's very true from my uh, first cp we have a really close-knit of friends that speak to daily now. And there's probably like a 12, 13 year age gap. Exactly. Between mm-hmm. us. So no matter what age you are, my first CRP actually, there was a woman that started, I think she was 42. Wow. So see. there's definitely something. And um, from, obviously you'll know her, uh, Lauren. Lauren's wrote Floating Lights. Oh yes, we love Twitter, Lauren. She just posted on Twitter that she's like looking for it. Uh, looking to well thinking about going on another program i saw that and, and she was like well i'm 23 and i've got loads of time i was like well my last program i was 32 yeah so, do do six or seven so if you want to yeah, like just keep exactly. going keep doing it and you know i think that is that is the main thing that like i have taken from this this year in, in with lockdown and everything is don't don't look for excuses not to do something you love just because you need to follow a certain path or you need to focus on your career that stuff can come later and you know what if it never comes as long as you enjoy what you're doing that's, that's the main thing yeah. very true oh yeah well i've got so good to have you it has it has yeah and i've got, I've got one final question for you as well cool. um and obviously you've listened to some of the episodes so you know probably know what's coming um but if you could go to any disney park resort cruise line disney area anywhere disney in the world right now where would you go and what would you do for me um i think i'd have to go back to disneyland it's uh, i know i've i've been to disney world so many times and i love that place um but i went to disneyland for the first time ever on my first cep and when people said said that you can feel Walt there, uh, it's true. I don't know how ever he's walking and like this. This is just it. Yeah, you can just feel it. Um, but yeah, I just love. I right now with everything that's going on and not being able to go there in so long, uh, just to go grab a drink, grab a Dole Whip, and just yeah. wander, just wander around and take in all the atmospheres right now that'd be perfect and just enjoy this sun, sunshine as well oh. <laughs> missing that yeah I, I can feel that it's i'm sat looking at my window and it's raining now so get yeah, same. yeah. <laughs> not the best oh, well it's been amazing having you on and hearing about all three programs like that's su- you've had such good possessions and thank you so much for coming on oh, thank you guys for having me it's been really good chatting with you
Of course, no worries. And don't forget to check out um, Gary's shop in the uh, description below. And of course, um, give him a follow on Instagram and go and buy one of them ear hangers. We all need one. That's what we need in our life, you know. Um, but yes, just a huge thank you to you, Gary. Thank you again, guys. Of course, no worries. So this has been another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast Member. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, follow our Instagram, and listen to all of the other episodes because they are just as magical as each other. Keep spreading the magic, everyone, and bye for now. Thank you.